for being here and welcome to CBU 2024. This is a great new year and we are starting our monthly transmission of light with the monthly show Seeking Divinity with Sati. Welcome seekers of insight to the mesmerizing realm of the Sati Chapel show. I am Claudia, your producer, and we are about to start a cosmic voyage with, uh, alongside the gifted host, Sati Chappell. Today is January 5th, 2024, and it is the first Friday of this beautiful new year. We invite you to transcend the ordinary as we unravel to the intricate tapestry that the universe is weaving for us in the unfolding year 2024. If we stare up into the stars long enough, we will feel this little tug on the threads of our spirit. It will be like the pull of a magnet. We are drawn upwards. We are attracted to the expanse. We are being called to return to where we came from. We come to know everything out there in the endless field of celestial delight came from the same burst of creation that eventually formed us. And those thoughts of cosmic connections are gently pulling on us every time we gaze up into the night sky. As the producer of CBU, I extend a warm invitation to be an active part of this cosmic exploration. Dial, dial in to any of our shows and join us in our monthly conversations, weekly conversations at 805-830-8344. And your questions, your musings and energies know that they contribute to the rich tapestry we are collectively creating. In this special episode, Sati, our gifted psychic medium and intuitive guide, will utilize her extraordinary abilities to pro provide predictions and insights for 2024. From the personal nuances of your journey to the grand tapestry of the global shift will navigate the energy, energetic currents and unravel the mysteries that lay ahead. Remember, the journey does not end here. Outside of this show, please contact Sati because she has a lot of um, services and abilities that you want to utilize. Go to her website, speakingdivinity.com, and make sure to get a reading for, from her. Okay, so now 
let's bring Sati to the show and sail into the realms of possibility together. And Sati, thank you. Welcome to be here. I'm so excited to have you back. Oh, thank you so much, Miss Claudia. I love doing your show, so I'm really, really happy to be back and to start the new year out right. What a wonderful 24. Happy, happy New Year to you, and Happy New Year to everybody listening. Happy New Year to you, too. I have uh, quite a few things to speak about today, um, so I wasn't sure if you would like me to just jump right in. I know we have a few callers um, that would also like some insight, um, and you know I can definitely uh, take them once I get the ball rolling, but um, would, would you like me to then start? Yes, start and let me know when you're ready for a caller, and uh, we will get them as soon as you let me know. Okay, darling. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the year 2024. It might not be the Jetsons, which is what we were all sold as Americans uh, in the 60s, but, um, yeah, it's still fun. It's still fun. It's the 20, It's 2024. So... <clears throat> We are in the future as far as uh, we are concerned and definitely as far as it was last year. But anyhow, uh, the over overall energy experienced or that will be experienced by the majority of people in the year 2024 is going to be specialization. And I really want to kind of give a few minutes of, to talk to this because I think it's really important that we understand what this is about, and why. Why is specialization, in particular, the word of the year? Um, so let's start by just kind of basically running this in a couple of different directions. I'm going to give you some ideas of what specialization might comprise. Um, usually, of course, the concept of Specialization means to be able to take a given skill and to really hone it, to make it more than what it is, to make it better than what it is, to make it the best that it can be. Um, and it also implies that it is something that you do um, kind of selectively and, and um, independent of other things. So I may be a psychic, for example, but maybe this year specialization for me means really uh, speaking to people about their health, just an example. So if I were to apply this, then I would say to people, oh, I'm really gearing everything towards health this year. That's not true. That's not what I'm going to do. But it gives you an idea of how I could use my given skill set in a new way, in a specialized way, in which I am solely using it kind of for that end. Um, so keep that in the back of your mind as I give you some other ideas. So specialization is also knowing what you want, knowing what works, and then doing what works. 
honing your skill set, which is what I just said, and applying a specific skill set in a new area in reaction to the changes that are occurring around you. Building on existing strengths and working smarter versus harder. Increasing personal monetary value. Creating, oops, sorry, creatively, creatively responding to change. Realizing that you can't see everything that's occurring, but some things, or because some things are cloaked or hidden. I think I'm going to need to turn the light up here. (laughs) So you're not able to see everything because some things are cloaked and hidden, but that things are changing as they should, even if those changes feel unsettling. And lots of things will feel unsettled in 2024 because we're all kind of waiting for the pieces of the puzzle to fall into place. It also means, the word specialization, refining self, refining your processes, your habits, your projects, refining where you're going and what you're doing, honing your abilities while you wait for everything to become clearer, which tells us that we'll be in a holding pattern while waiting for the puzzle pieces to come together. So these are just some basic ideas of things that you can focus on in your own personal lives as we get started and move into the year of 2024, which if last year is any indication, it's going to go really fast, right? It's going to, 24 is going to kind of like zip right by. Humanity has been um, pretty reluctant, and I'm, I'm going to say it this way, to make the appropriate changes that need to be made in order to make life on earth more balanced again. And one reason is personal desire. Some folks are willing to give up the house or willing to give up the planet in order to have what they want right now as individuals. There's a big need for adaptation to a new environment and to allow for specialized skills to arise from that adaptation. And were we to adapt, which is how life works on this planet, just reminding you, we would succeed and move forward again more freely with greater happiness. We'd easily ride out this transition moving into the Aquarian age and would become better for it. We'd become healthier. The planet would become healthier. Things would fall back into place again more quickly because waiting for things to fall into place, for things to happen, is annoying, right? And it is that way because we've kind of been dragging our feet and not doing what needs to be done. That's kind of how life works. That's the law of karma, right? So being adaptable enables things to fall into place because it's a proactive energy it's an evolutionary energy and this is the year that we need to really take evolution by the hand and assist it were we to do this in the year 2024 we'd easily prevail and find ourselves in a better much happier situation than if we don't do that in which case things would get really, really rough. Darwin taught us that survival of a species depends on adaptability. 
And, you know, we often equate that to survival of the fittest or survival of the strongest. But in actuality, being adaptable means that which fits into its environment the best or that which adapts most easily to changing circumstances. And that's really what we need to be again. So here the survival of humanity, which seems to be on everyone's minds these days and is a theme found in almost every movie made these days, depends on its ability to adapt. It's no different from what our ancestors faced, be they Neanderthals or be they our grandparents. I lost my place. I am so sorry. Oh, there we go. Although the multitude of ways in which we face adaptability are certainly quite different from what our ancestors faced. And because we're supposedly more evolved than they, we not only need to survive, but we really need to thrive. This is a great year to make positive changes because the universe is holding the space for change. That's part of why we're in a holding pattern, right? It's kind of another reason, because it's waiting on us. So it's waiting on us to no longer think of self only, but to think of the entire tribe, all of humanity, which can be kind of hard these days because so many are still so focused on self, which is really kind of an archaic way of doing things. So here again, in order to not just survive but to thrive, we must hone specialized skill sets that are required for that adaptation in order to thrive. So what's the main energy of the United States throughout 2024? And, you know, I'm going to stop for just a second and just kind of give you guys an idea of how I do things. It would be really challenging for me to instantaneously do this reading as we're on the air. So what I do is I do the reading in advance, and then I hone it, um, cut out all the superfluous points that don't need to be made to anybody but really myself so that I understand what the guides are trying to say. And then I you know, put it on paper so I'm able to read it clearly and have you guys understand. So um, hopefully it doesn't sound like I'm totally reading, but this is really kind of how I do these shows. And, and I hope that, you know, you'll, you'll understand that and just kind of groove with me on it. Okay, so what's the main energy of the United States throughout 2024? From the mid-1800s through the 1950s, the U.S. was a leading nation because of its great ability to create, to alchemize, and to make something new or to make something that was partly done and take it and advance it and make it something amazing. Take the horse and buggy, for example. For a certain, from a certain point of view, that was an incomplete item. It was functional, but is incomplete when you compare it to the automobile or the car. We could have said as a species that we liked the horse and buggy, and so we just wanted to stick with that, but we didn't. Instead, people from several countries improved upon it. As a matter of fact, I was delighted to find that France actually was first with creating a car. I didn't know that. Did you know that? I had no idea. 
and they made a steam-powered vehicle. Not only that, but it was like in the 1800s. So we're talking like late 17-something or other. That blew my mind, just totally blew my mind. I loved it. So Francis I with a steam-powered vehicle, and then the Scots, the Scottish, uh, a couple of Scottish men, made an electronic, an electric vehicle. Then the Germans made a gasoline-powered vehicle, and finally the Americans refined the whole design and made it successful for everybody in all countries. It was all part of this explosion of ingenuity that had never before been seen on the planet. Explosion of ingenuity took us in all kinds of interesting directions. It gave us, personally as Americans, national pride, a sense of national identity, and it bonded the different ethnic groups that comprised America, it bonded them together. It enabled people to feel successful. And that is so needed right now because success is a rejuvenating energy that would totally turn the U.S. around and bring in what I'll call new glory days, thus fixing a lot of problems we face. Because really the biggest problem we face right now, not just as a nation, but globally, is that we have far too many problems to fix. It's incapacitating. It makes people just kind of sit and stare, but not do. Kind of, you know, like commiserating our own demise because we can't really see our way out. However, were we to look at things with alchemical understanding, with alchemical application, with the desire to create, or at least with ingenuity, we'd become a top nation of the world again and would bring in some well-needed progress. And more importantly, we'd once again be, quote, one nation, quote. One nation under God. As a species, we're moving towards inevitable globalization. Evolution demands it and will eventually erase all the little lines that separate one little tribe from another or one little country from another. So this doesn't mean that we stop outsourcing as a country because, yes, some of that does still need to be out in the world. We still need China to create some stuff in other countries as well. But some of that does need to return back to the U.S. so Americans can find new livelihoods. But it's really kind of like more about ingenuity. That's the inherent energetic quality of the United States that is predominant. It's like one of the biggest energies, like the biggest energy momentum that the United States carries. We've always been a hub of invention. So in order to feel successful again, we need to embrace that energy and be the inventors, be the free thinkers, because we've kind of constricted our thinking, which I think shows in so many ways. So I think at this point it would be a really good time to bring in our first caller and uh, see what the question is for this year. Um, and I am going to be kind of looking at 
whatever questions come to me, um, meaning that are given to me by the callers, as like, well, how is this not just for now, but for the year going forward? So whenever you're ready, Claudia, I'd, I'd welcome our new call, our next caller. Okay, so let's bring Mary to the show. Hi, Sante. I'm so grateful to be connected with you again. Um, have, Hello, Mary. Hey. Um, I've got, I have multiple health issues, but I have something that's been going on now for a, a good while, and it's kind of become, I'm going to say, acute. It's in my intestines. I've been through all kinds of tests. The only test I have not done yet is my doctor says no to colonoscopy, but yes to a virtual colonoscopy. But it seems to be pinpointed in the ileocecum area where, you know, the small and large intestine join. It, they seem to think the area, the, the, that the problem is there. There's pain there. And it has gotten worse in the last couple months or so. And I'm wondering if there's any way that you can tune in there, scan, or whatever your ability is. Um, I'm, I'm kind of scared. I'm not letting the fear flag fly, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say scared. I'm very concerned. And uh, the doctor says, you know, there could be a possibility of a blockage. There could be a possibility of rupture, whatever, and I would have to get to the hospital immediately. But I'm kind of needing to know what direction to go in. Is this serious? It, what, what, what is going on? Um, so however you can help me, I'm so grateful for. Well, okay. Um, health is something I tend to be pretty good at. So um, hopefully, you know, this will give you some insight and will we'll, uh, help you to figure out and, and maybe help the doctors hone in their um, understanding of what's going on can, you know, decide the best course to take, um, of course, with you involved. So one of the things I want to say is that this area is very inflamed. Um, so with it being inflamed, it comes across to me as, you know, that's where a lot of the pain is coming from. The second aspect that I see about this is that it kind of comes across like diverticulitis. I'm not saying it's diverticulitis, but it comes across to me that way. When there's diverticulitis, there are these pockets that get filled with undigested or digested material that then cannot be passed through the intestines and out of the body. And so they start to fester. Um, and, and that's those pockets can grow and get larger. And so that's what I'm seeing in this area. Um, I'm not seeing it as being a cancer. I'm not seeing it as any of those things that are going to be really hard to fix. And that's the good news. Um, I do feel like it is going to take a little while to fix because they're going to need to really um, get a good grip on what is going on beyond what I'm telling you. Um, I mean, they need to verify it, of course, and then they're going to need to start some kind of treatment. Um, so if, if you asked them to look at it from that standpoint of kind of like 
pockets of uh, waste material that's festering and is inflamed and is creating um, infection, maybe if they look at it through that concept, they can come closer and quicker to being able to figure out how to treat it. So I'm going to say now for the rest of the year, you're going to need to be doing certain types of dieting. Um, And when I say that, I don't mean like a crash diet or a fad diet. I'm meaning like you need to change some of the food that you're eating because some of this is because of some of the food that you're eating and its digestibility. Certain foods, for example, pork, take a lot longer to digest in the body than other foods. Um, Pork takes about three weeks to pass through the intestines. Very few people know this. My bestie is a naturopathic nutritionist and she's done this job for um, almost 40 years. Um, She spent 90% of her education learning about how food acts in the body and what it does, and especially in combinations. So you're going to need to work with a non-state dietitian. So don't go to the state-sanctioned ones. Don't go to the ones that the docs are going to recommend to you, which are state-sanctioned. You need to go to a naturopathic, a nutritionist that actually has spent 90% of their education learning about how food and food combinations react in the body and shift the body because the state-sanctioned ones really have about 25% understanding of nutrition and food in the body, so they can't help as much, and that's why I'm I'm mentioning that. Um, Sorry to all of those out there that might be in that field. I apologize. Truth hurts. Anyhow, moving on. Um, you're going to need to spend the rest of definitely till August working on this. And then you'll be able to fudge after that and, you know, eat a lot more of what you like. But you have to remember that eating what you like got you into this in the first place and your body does not like that anymore. So you're going to need to make some permanent changes. Okay, does that help you? That helps tremendously. Um the, you know, the ileocecum valve, which opens and closes, now that's been kind of been suggested too, that it's not closing and opening like like it should. But do you see that or are you just seeing that it's right. possible? To well, no, that would make perfect No, that would make perfect sense. If the whole area is inflamed, how is it going to move? Oh, I see. So that... The, it's the not going to move? Would, would be uh, would be interrupting the opening and closing of the valve. Am, am I understanding that right? The inflammation could be causing that. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, okay. so that's something that's going to be priority number one is to start to shift the inflammation in your body. That's going to be priority number one, and you're going to need a person who is going to be able to put you on certain things that will actually help your body to um, to do what it needs to do. So, all right? Okay. So I, need to I think you natural. need to stay with the doctors you have 
you need to stay with the doctors you have. I'm not, in, I'm not implying that you need to get rid of traditional medicine. Absolutely not. You need traditional medicine to get you through this. But as an adjunct, you need like um, somebody who really can look at nutrition and the food you've been eating every single mouthful and can tell you what is causing all of this. So, right. Okay. okay. Wonderful. Thank you so very much. You're welcome, Thank darling. You, Blessed luck for 2024. Thank you, and you too. And Claudia, what I'm going to probably do is I'm going to go into the next area of what 2024 is going to bring um, by looking at the U.S. economy and then the global economy overall. Okay, and then we get a call. So, thank you. Yeah, that sounds good. Yes. So, the U.S. economy overall is going to be good in 2024. Yay! It's a productive year economically. Yay, yay! But it'll start off a little rough because of the housing crisis. And we need to recognize that there really is a housing crisis in the United States right now because people are no longer able to afford housing, either for buying or renting, as prices have become too high for the cost of living. One of the things that we need to accomplish in the first quarter is to make housing more affordable again for average Americans, not the super poor or the rich, but average Americans. So the, the disappearing middle class. This would help even out the first quarter and would help even out the economics of the country for the rest of the year. And it comes across to me as um, the United States having plenty on an economic level in one way while kind of being hung up on certain economic, in certain economic ways on the other side, on the other hand. So like the first quarter, we're going to kind of be unraveling this knot of the housing crisis and how it reaches into other areas of the economy so that we can fix it. And we can fix it, but it feels to me like it doesn't really get fixed until the second quarter. In the second quarter, we then hit our stride and find strength and start to create change in the housing situation. There are certain new laws that will create this shift, including interest rates going down in the second quarter, which starts to help things move again. Usually, the second and the third quarters in the United States are strongest for moving and for real estate. And while I don't see enough energy for this because of the first quarter, I do see more of it getting better because of the second quarter. In the third and fourth quarters of 2024, um, I see almost like a complete repeat of the first and second quarters because the third is kind of on hold while we figure out all the areas that things are needing to be fixed in. And then the fourth quarter gets better because that's when we implement the changes. So it's kind of interesting how that works, right? Um, and we get to move forward financially again in that fourth quarter, of course, mainly because we're addressing what's landed us in the problem in the first place. The implementation 
of these solutions won't really fully occur and, and manifest until 25 for some reason I honestly don't see and I wasn't able to see. Trust me, I tried. I looked. Um, but there's definitely promise. So it feels to me like 24 um, is going to be a better year economically, but we're going to have some of these ups and downs, downs in the first and the third, ups in the second and the fourth. So, you know, for those of you that run stock market and, and investments, first and the third, good place to invest, um, second and fourth, not so good to invest. That's like on a stock market and other markets of that nature level. Real estate, best place to invest is in the second and the fourth quarters. There you go. Um, on a global economic level in 2024, that also looks really good. Two major countries are going to forge the energy for strong economy globally in 2024. And again, I was surprised. I find it interesting. China is one. I can understand that. France is the other. I don't know if because I have moved to France that I'm seeing more of what France has to offer the world and what it has offered the world, or if France has been making enough strides and changes under Emmanuel Macron to um, now that we're seeing the fruition of that, um, not just in France, but globally. But things are moving along. The next best player economically is England, and then Australia, and then America. And it's in that order. Um, so these supporting players um, of England, Australia, and America will kind of help pave the way along with the two leaders, France and China, to make 2024 a strong global economic year. And since we're looking at things globally, I'm going to take one more minute here before I take the next caller to talk about the global conflicts and the few wars that we have going on right now. Because, you know, I think that's really important that we come to understand some of what's going on and why. Putin is a little bit crazy these days, um, and he's also far more determined, which kind of is a bad combination. And unfortunately, the Ukraine is getting pretty tired energetically. And the Ukraine's going to lose this war if they don't get the help that they need soon. And it's unfortunate because kind of the stuff going on in Gaza has like taken over the news. And so people are kind of forgetting about poor Ukraine and all that's going on there and, and what they have had to do, this little tiny nation against this huge superpower. You know, it's really a David and Goliath story. <clears throat> and I'd really like to see it end like David and Goliath, to be honest with you. Um, but anyway, one thing we need to understand about this situation is that Russia will try to draw in more countries to their aid. Yep but it looks like they'll be unsuccessful. But do watch for that because that will happen this year. Gaza is just a mess, I'm so sorry to say. 
it's always been a tinderbox energetically. And, and remember, um, I always read energy. So if you're new to the show, I always am reading the energy of things because it really kind of shows things more substantially, not just what is and what is going to be, but it shows why, um, which is why I read energy. Um, plus, it's kind of like my way of doing things. But Gaza has always kind of been a tinderbox energetically. And unfortunately, some people played into that because what I was shown by my guides is that, like, this fire that's burning in Gaza, I'm using the analogy of fire for this war, um, is kind of like both the Australian and Canadian fires that were in the last, that existed in the last couple of years. I mean, think of how big they were and how hard they were to put out. That's unfortunate because that's the analogy they gave me for this. I don't see either war resolving, meaning the um, Russian, Ukrainian, or the um, Gaza situation resolving in 24, although resolution is totally possible in both cases. They just have to choose to stop fighting. Putin would never choose to stop fighting, though, because he's just too power-hungry and too hungry to try to regain Russia's glory days. Quote-unquote, let's make Russia great again. Sound familiar? Hmm. Sounds like Trump to me, and these two men are very similar people. Trump and Putin, they just cannot see beyond what already existed. They're not new energies energetically. They're actually old energies. And the Gaza area is kind of the same for that matter. They're all stuck in the past. A lot of people living on the planet are also stuck in the past at a time when the world is supposed to be moving forward into the Aquarian age, making progress. But, you know, it's normal for a lot of people to be stuck in the past at times of great change. And history agrees with this assessment that it's typically that way. In times of great change, there's always the mix of energies that incarnate. Folks who can see beyond the past, thus can accept the now. Folks who can see beyond the now, thus can forge the future. And folks who are stuck in the past and only want what they know or what's most comfortable, regardless of how uncomfortable it gets trying to remain in that comfortable past. That's basically how life works, how energy works. And the reason why is because when we go through change, we have all of those three elements in play energetically at one time. We have that old energy, we have the current energy, and we have the new incoming energy. And so that's why people of all three natures want to incarnate in such times. They all want that chance to either redo one more time or to really get a better understanding of the now and why things are that way and how to change, or they really want to come in and make change. And once 
we shift out of that transitional period and into the new reality, the new era, the new understanding, then things go pretty quickly because the people that are incarnating at that point in time are the new energies. They're the ones that really um, embrace newness and really embrace change and really uh, bring in fresh ideas and new ways of doing things. And so then we move really fast again. And then it kind of slows down and, you know, that kind of that energy kind of peters out a bit. And then we get some of the people that want, you know, the nostalgia and the old ways and the, you know, things that are comfortable. And then we get more of them and then things stall out. And then we come to a period where you're in the transition again. (laughs) This is life. And if you look back through the history of all of the, the civilizations that have ever existed that we know of, you'll see this pattern over and over and over again. So we're just basically right where we need to be, although it does feel kind of like the end of the world sometimes, you know what I mean? Like things just aren't going to get better, but they will, of course. It just takes time and fresh ideas. Interestingly, just as a final note to all of this before we move out of the global conflicts area and the understanding of that, I want to tell you that it looks to me like the EU really does want to accept the Ukraine in. And were they to do that, the war there would end in early 25, if not sooner. It would end really quick. So I kind of hope they make good on that desire. And another thing I want to mention is that, thankfully, I don't see any new conflicts in 2024, although, like I said, Russia will try to recruit a few countries to its cause. Okay, Claudia, I'm ready for the next caller, please. Okay, so before we get the caller, we're going to get caller 917. Um, We have a question on the chat room. This is a fast question from Andy. And he says, and I'm assuming it's a he, but uh, he or she by the name of Andy. <laughs> might not be. <laughs> yeah, it might not be. So it says, when do you Sati see me moving? And if, if that moving will be California. Okay. Okay, so not necessarily what Andy wants to hear. Here we go. Um, Not until after the summer is done. So the earliest I can see the move taking place will be September. It's going to be a long wait for you because you're chomping at the bit. You want to move now. Yesterday would be better, but no. Um, And it feels to me like um, not quite California. If it is California, it's more the northern end. Um, Oregon is a better fit for you. Southern California is definitely not a good fit for you. If you go there, you're going to find yourself so financially strapped in such a short period of time that you're going to be like, oh, my God, why did I do this? Middle of California, it'll be a little better, but not much. So Northern California and Oregon would be far better for your wallet. Um, And actually, I think better for your happiness level. But 
um, you know, to each his own. I wish you good luck, and I hope that information serves you well. Um, do keep putting forth that energy of wanting to move because you do need to move. It's just a case of timing. All right, thanks. And and the answer, yes, I was thinking Northern California, and I was hoping for April, ugh, September, not good. Well, thank you for asking, for for answering. So, <laughs> and now we're going to Pen- uh, 917 BC in Pennsylvania. Welcome to see you. Can I have your first name, please? Hi, it's Blair. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, Blair. Welcome to the show. Hey. Thank you. Um, curious as far as, so I've been working for quite some time to sort out my career and get some stability, money flow in. And um, good things are happening, but, uh, well, I won't say but. Uh, when do you see everything sort of landing for me with that as far as, like, money flow and because I really want to build out the other areas of my life, and I haven't really been able to because it's just been such a focus on career and money, you know, like financial stability. Right. You know what you remind me of? You remind me of the king that is just so trying to wrangle all of his people together in order to get everybody to play nicely together and to get everybody moving in the same direction or like a cattle rancher trying to wrangle all the cows, get them to move in the same direction that you don't literally have time for anything else. Um, That's just the analogy of what I see. Um, So, you know, I want to say to you, Blair, that um, it's going to continue to be a bit of a struggle in the beginning portion. You know, I I wish I could give you a little bit better news for this, but at least for the first four months, you're going to still need to be wrangling everything and trying to pull everything together. Um, And, you know, I know you're getting tired. That's always the challenge when the crux is kind of like at the end of the the transition and that's really what i see for this is that the crux is at the end of the transition so there's good news in that because that means that you're coming to the end but it also means that that end is not going to arrive before april so you know i'm looking at june probably july where you're feeling like okay I'm breathing, things are going better, I'm in a good place, and I'm, I'm able to approach and work on other things. But it's going to be a haul. Oh, so God. The best way that you I know, can I tell you to work for... with this. <laughs> oh, God. I just this interviewed for a really good I job. I think I'm, I think I'm moving on to the second round and everything, so I thought that the it would be closer as far as like I would get the job this month sometime. Like it just feels like that's what I've been working towards, at least partially of my career plans. But now your reading is making me like, right. oh, no. no I, I, I totally agree. And you know what? I like this company for you, and I think it would be a good fit. But there may be like some kind of a freeze or a hold 
that's put on the hiring process and so it doesn't reopen until April. Oh my God, I don't want to hear that at all. <laughs> so, so, you know, financially, make I can't even use of this to tell that. Okay. Right, exactly. And that's where I was going. Make use of this information by really shoring yourself up as much as you possibly can financially. That means taking whatever you can until this or something better comes through. And that should be your mantra for the next period of time until that occurs, right? This or better. I want this or better. This or better. This or better right? Constantly your mantra for the first quarter of this year. And thank you for calling, Blair. So now what are we um, luck, listening to? I'm so, sorry. Yeah, so now, so what did you say, Ms. Claudia? Yeah. I was saying good luck. Ah, sorry. Good luck, Blair. And let us know how it goes. We always love to hear from our callers to see if next month or if you want to call back and just let us know how it went. Now, so we have been talking about the economy, about uh, other countries. So what's next? Well... You didn't think I would be able to escape the session without talking about the U.S. presidential election, did you? <laughs> well, it's coming. Anyway. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. And it's coming in 24. And it does need to be spoken about. And the guides really made things clear to me. So I can really make things clear to everybody who's listening today. And I think that really is what is important more than anything else is what the situation actually is. So here we go. Hold on to your butts. The U.S. presidential election in 2024 will be fraught with controversy and highly contentious. You honestly do not need a psychic to tell you that. <laughs> uh, we've all seen this coming. Even, you know, little 10-year-olds can see this coming, um, and we've seen it coming for a good while. But let's look at why, okay? So this is part of the reason, and I'm going to give a couple of reasons. It's good versus evil, light versus dark, the major oppositions fighting each other in a grand arena, and pardon me while I snore. So... The reason I say that is because I don't believe that it is good versus evil and light versus dark. But because a lot of people think of it that way, there we are. There it is. And those are kind of the stakes that people feel are writing on this, right? And the sad thing about this is that the American people get left behind in, in it all. And they're the ones that are supposed to choose the person that best represents themselves. While instead, they're choosing amid contenders that put themselves in the race. So an analogy that the guides gave me was like being at the Kentucky Derby. Instead of people choosing the horses that run in the race, it'd kind of be like the horses choosing themselves. 
to run in the race. So the good news is that people will certainly understand this and will say, wow, we really didn't choose these contenders. We chose some, but we didn't cho- choose all. And the, the good news is that hopefully change will come of it later, right? But it will be later. So here we go. Direct predictions. So it looks like Trump will be the nominee for the Republicans. And while two men in particular will try their best to become the nominee for the Dems, it will be nigh impossible. What they say here, impossible. And that should never be the case. There should no longer be a reason for a president who still can serve a second term to automatically become the nominee over other potentials. And incredibly, today, meaning literally yesterday, yesterday, the day yesterday, Thursday, it looks like a Dem will win out by a literal hair. Now, I have to give you this information. This different from what I have been seeing since August of 23, which said that Trump would win out. So let me tell you how it has run. In August of 23, I started asking who would be the nominees and who would win. I got it would be 50-50 and that it would be Trump-Biden again. In August, in October, I got like 65, 45 that Trump would win. And then, you know, in October, I think I said that twice. I meant to say September last. So then in October, I got like 70, 30. And then in November, I got like 85% Trump would win. And then in December, I got like 100%. It's a done deal. So massive shock to me that yesterday I saw things. There's a few things to kind of understand about this. I want to speak first about how I do readings. I read energy. I mentioned this before earlier in the show. I've said this many, many times in many other shows. I do it because it helps me to see the behind-the-scenes situations, and it also helps me to do predictions more accurately. But that doesn't mean that in the lead-up time, things don't sometimes yo-yo. And they do sometimes yo-yo, just like in the polls, things sometimes yo-yo when you come to a presidential year. And it depends on kind of the mood of the public. Like if the mood is I'm really pissed off at so-and-so, then it'll lean in one direction more than the other. And I read that energy, and then that's what shows. That's one thing to understand. Another thing to understand is um, there's a certain amount of momentum that's been built around this race this presidential race in particular. And that momentum is geared towards it being, quote-unquote, a close race. Additionally, this momentum is leaning towards a Republican winning. So I'm saying it that way because it doesn't have to be Donald Trump. It can be any Republican, right? He has not yet been selected as the nominee. 
When I look for the two most likely candidates from the Republican side, I see that Trump and DeSantis are the two leading figures energetically, with Trump beating out DeSantis by kind of a good margin, quite frankly, by like 20, 25%. And it's consistently been that. Interestingly, both men have a similar energy when I look at them. Both are combative, meaning that they'll fight for things. Although, honestly, DeSantis is far less volatile and far more reasonable than Trump. And another way that they're similar is that both are pretty black and white, meaning that there's very little gray area that they see. So when it comes to doing things, they don't see gray. They see black or white. It's either this or it's that. Things cannot be both and certainly cannot be in between. Also, both count as being far-right affectionados. One way in that they differ is that DeSantis has a more generous spirit than Trump, by far. He gives more, cares far more for people, he's far more conscientious of others and far more considerate than Trump is, which means that he thinks about things before he decides versus just choosing via emotion. Another way in which they differ is that DeSantis has absolutely no aspirations for authoritarian control of the country. Make no mistake about this. Mr. Trump absolutely does want total authoritarian control intensely. And I've seen that since before he was even the presidential nominee the first time. And I told my husband and a few other people he was going to try to create a coup so that he would not leave the presidency after his first term. Just FYI. And he does wish to abolish many of our freedoms in the second term, including free elections. So don't mistake his intentions. It will be to the U.S.'s peril if you do. And the thing that I need to also say here is that Mr. Trump is really, really good at manifesting. He is unparalleled at manifesting, actually. And what he really, really wants, he usually can get, which means he already has an energetic edge or an energetic lead over others. So bear all of that in mind as you head to the polls. Then we have major um, miscellaneous major events, just miscellaneous major events. And then I'll take another caller or a chat line thing, um, if there are any. And I'm sorry if I stepped on any toes with talking about Trump, but, you know, this is zero hour, so we kind of need to talk about it now. And we need to be adult enough to kind of hear something and look at it to see if maybe that's true. Like, really, is that true? Because children are the ones that say, no, no, I don't want to know anything other than what I want to know. Adults actually look at things for how they really are. Sorry for that. Yikesy. Okay. Miscellaneous major events. I see several philanthropic deeds done early in 2024 that will be lovely 
very encouraging and will give people a sense of renewed faith in humanity. And I loved that. A couple of people are going to do some like massively good deeds. And you know what's really funny? I did this um, reading for the show yesterday. Normally I do it a couple of days in advance, but um, I had a busy week this week. So I did it yesterday morning. And then last night, my husband, while I was cooking, was watching a television show in which they were talking about this guy named Mr. Beast. I guess he's on Instagram and has like a gazillion followers. And he is a serious dude when it comes to um, philanthropy, giving to others and doing wonderful, wonderful things for others. So I found that really heartening because I was like, thank you, universe, for showing me this, that there was going to be a lot more um, altruism in the early part of 2024 and that it would renew our hearts and our spirits. And then they showed me one perfect example. I came out. He's cool. Um, strange name though, right? Mr. Beast? Odd. Anyway, um, I also see a structural change with regards to colleges and universities in the United States around how one gets accepted into a college. Also, paying for that college will change for the positive. Both of them are for the positive, although it's going to kind of be pretty disruptive in the beginning until it takes hold. Then it'll smooth out and things will get better. Entry exams will change as well as the entry process itself regarding eligibility specifically, like with legacies, for example, which are going to end. The standards will be raised for entry, which I see as positive, but also there will be a lowering of cost. So in one way, it's going to kind of be harder to get in, but in other ways, it's going to be less expensive. Finally, more scholarships will be given to the underprivileged that are also very deserving. So that's a nice thing. Education reform will be also more of a hot topic this year in the United States and how to make the massive reformations that are required. Such reformations are a huge problem because there's so many of them and such sweeping changes need to occur that it's kind of going to take a little while to iron out and implement, but at least it's finally going to change. And that's like the school system in general, like across the United States, public schools, in other words. In the U.S., there's um, also some kind of internal conflict that arises at the end of the year that throws people into kind of a panic, an internal conflict involving, like I was seeing, smoke bombs and fighting and riot gear. So that didn't look good to me at all. Very much uh, looked to me like what we experienced in the summer of 2021, like that all over again. And then finally, weather. Um, so a tsunami, kind of like the one we saw in 2004, will happen somewhere on the planet this year, but I didn't see where it was. I'm thinking somewhere around Indonesia, but uh, don't take that for gospel. And a few strong earthquakes will occur as well, which, of course, spur tsunamis, just kind of FYI. While in the U.S., two hurricanes 
will um, hit, but neither will be like Katrina, thank God. Tornadoes will be a little bit more intense again this year, so it's going to be a bit of a wind year. Although I do see drought rising again, too, which often follows suit with a wind year. Um, it does look like finally people will begin to agree that climate change is real or at least needs to be worked on, um, which is good because change can come once that occurs. Will it come right away? No, not necessarily, but it's progress. So I do see a lot of progress. I see a lot of big changes coming in 24. I see a lot of good things. I see some troubling things. I really wanted to kind of give you heads up on some of those troubling things and give you ideas as to why so that you can make changes. If you want to make changes, put your energy in the pot. Vote with what you want. That's always an option. Are there any other people that um, are waiting for me to answer a question, Claudia? I know it's kind of late. I know we've gone a few minutes over. No problem. Yes, we have Sandia, and she's asking, will this year be the year where I finally cross paths with this man that I really, really like? Okay, let me look. I love her name, Sandia. Well, I've got really good news. Um, definitely, I see this year is a year for her to uh, really bring this man back into her reality and to um, create a future with this person. Um, I see a lot of movement there. And um, this actually could have to do with a move uh, for Sundia in particular that enables it. Um, so I see a lot of love this year blossoming for Sundia um, and with this person of her choice. So I'm, I'm really happy to be able to say that. And, you know, I want to also say to everybody else, this is really a good year for love. Energetically, Yay. there's a lot of love energy out there. So if you have an amour that you just really want to, 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 you know, solidify a relationship with, this is the year to do it. Bring in that special someone and or gain the courage to go after that special someone and make things happen. This is the year for love. Great. And, Kathy, this year, 2024, how does it look for us, for the network, for you and I and everybody on, under the same umbrella before we finish? I think there's a lot of development. You know, it's interesting because it feels to me like we're on a boardwalk above this ground that has so much happening underneath it. So those of us that are in the metaphysical, spiritual, psychic uh, realm, 
Um, there's a lot of movement that finally is going to come to the surface. It feels like for many years now, we've all kind of been in a holding pattern and we've all been kind of like waiting for the chips to land. So we were like, okay, now I know what I'm doing. Now I know where I'm going. This year's (laughs) the year for that. Those chips are landing. The puzzle pieces finally fall into place, which is what I started off saying when I first came onto the show. So even though there's still some more developmental stuff that needs to happen, those those foundation has finally changed and shifted. So we're going to be able to move forward again. And that means that we will be able to see direction to move forward in that's best suited to us. And again, if this really is a year for specialization, it would make sense that it would have to be that way, right? Because how else would we be able to specialize in anything if we're still kind of on hold? So yes, there's going to be a little bit of that still in the beginning as things finalize and shift into to full gear. But, you know, don't be fooled. It will shift into high gear. And this year is going to, like, zip past big time starting somewhere around April or May everything gets going again and is going to be like fast, fast, fast. So you'll have to have your seatbelts on and ready to go. (laughs) Well, I have them on. So thank you, Sati. And everyone, remember, look for Sati at her website, seekingdivinity.com, where also she's coming back on the first Friday of every month. So next time we'll be in February, so put it on your calendar. And do we have a special topic for February, Sati, or we haven't decided yet? Well, we've kind of been kicking around a couple, and that's the royal we, myself and the guides. Um, But no, we have not landed on anything specific yet, but I've got three going on, Um, three really great topics. So we'll see where it ends up. Great. So as soon as we know, all right, everyone. we will post it on all, everywhere. Right, exactly. And I just wanted to say thank you to everyone for tuning in and listening. And remember to hold those positive vibes and begin to vote with your vibes. Like really send out your energy in the direction that you want things to go. Let's see what happens. Thank you, Miss Claudia. Thank you as well. Bye-bye. Have a great, have a great year. You too.